Hey, I'm Harrison. When was the last time you had a deep, meaningful conversation with somebody? If it's been a while, don't worry. You're in the right place. This podcast is designed to open your mind to new perspectives and topics in the realms of health, personal growth, and, well, life. Welcome to the Let's Talk About Life podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Let's Talk About Life podcast. My name is Harrison King. Thanks for checking out another mini episode. We're here with a good one today. Great info. Um, And uh, before we start, I just want to give a little shout out to the team that's helping me out with this all season long. We've got Esteban, who does uh, the editing for us. Thanks, Esteban. And uh, Alex is the guy that helps me with um, research for these episodes. So what you're getting today is a combination of me and alex doing some research to share with you so don't ever get the wrong idea that i know all of this stuff because i very much do not i have to look up the things but uh, i'm doing the work so you don't have to you can just uh go on a walk and listen to me talk for a little bit and uh, not have to <laughs> look anything up so we're talking about the uh, effects of personal technology on our mental and physical and just overall i just, we'll just say health that's where we'll go these the effects of of technology and by personal, you know, we mean phone stuff, but just technology in general on our health. So, you know, uh, in the last, it's only been about 20 years or so that personal technology has become uh, a staple in most of our lives, right? And it's had profound impacts on both psychological and physiological health, which is mainly, maybe not something you think about all the time. You know, technology has benefited the world in dra- dramatic ways, right? But uh, it's also hindered the human spirit and degenerated us as a collective because we've become less communicative right and 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 we don't talk as much to in person like things have gone a little bit downhill but we're not exactly talking about that we're talking about kind of well let's get into it and you'll hear what we're talking about so some actually very prevalent psychological effects that technology can have on somebody so isolation uh, is one of them so a study done in 2017 found that young adults between the ages of 19 and 32, I'm not sure why they say young adults, is 32 a young adult still? Isn't that just full-on adult? Anyway, side topic. Young adults between the ages of 19 and 32 who use social media frequently actually felt more isolated than those who did not use it often or at all. So the more you're using social media, the more isolated you're going to feel, potentially. So just something to keep in mind. Again, a lot of this is just kind of facts I'm sharing today, so... Take that and then apply it to your life and go, hey, maybe I don't want to be doing it as much because Harrison said all these crazy things that could happen. Anyway, just something to think about. Depression is another side effect here. Um, And uh, is it really a side effect or is it just a direct effect? You know, it's just a direct effect, I guess. People who do not uh, reap the benefits of social media and get little attention on their platforms tend to feel anxious and depressed. Furthermore, People who had many negative social interactions online became more prone to social comparison and deeper levels of self-loathing. So if you're having bad, not bad, bad, not good. So I was going to say, isn't that a band? Bad, bad, not good or something like that. Anyway, wow, I'm all over the place. I'm so sorry. But negative social interactions online lead to negative interactions in real life is the simple way to put that which makes sense i mean it's still an interaction right it's still a social interaction it's just in a different way but you're more prone to uh, social comparison so when you're in an actual social setting and comparing yourself to others and and deeper levels of self-loathing so in several recent studies teenage and young adult users who spend the most time on instagram facebook and other platforms were shown to have substantially higher rate of reported depression than those who spent the least time. 
So if you're spending time on social media, you have 13 to 66% higher rate of depression. Now, there's obviously other factors going into that because um, generally those people, you know, that age are going to be, uh, it's a different generation and there's many different, there's many different aspects. But part of that actually is food, which I'm not going to get into today. And the uh, information about food that's being put out there by the government and, and, you know, big food companies and stuff like that, which is, so there's, what I'm trying to say is there are many other factors, but social media is a factor. Um, so people have a higher, a higher rate of reported depression for people that spend most of their time on Instagram and Facebook. And um, anyway, just interesting, right? Some experts see the rise in depression as evidence that the connections social media users form electronically are less emotionally satisfying, leaving them feel feeling socially isolated. I might argue that that is not necessarily the case. I see how it could be the case in some, you know, in some situations where... Well, you know, I don't know. I guess you think about this. This is a question for you, the audience uh, member, the listener, the viewer, if you're on YouTube, hey... Yeah, so the question is, are your social interactions online less satisfying than the ones in person? Because sometimes they can be like, because the thing, it gets complicated when, like I've got friends who I would consider friends that I've never met in real life. There's people I've met on, on through other people, you know, through actual friends on, on social media or whatever, and we just talk online and text or whatever, and, and I've FaceTime a couple of them, but you know, those aren't the same as inner, uh, real life um, social interactions. So uh, this is where the line kind of get, it gets kind of gets funky, right? Because it's like, is it is it what what is it then? Is it actually that you're not having good social connections online, or is it actually the platforms themselves? And I would argue that it's the platforms themselves. Uh, this is a good time to to point out that if you haven't watched uh, on Netflix, I believe it's still on Netflix. Uh, it's called The Social Dilemma. It's a, a little documentary kind of, they kind of turn into a little show like with a storyline, but it's a bunch of people from like somebody that used to be one of the heads of Facebook and like these big name people or somebody at Google. And they talk about how social media is designed basically to ruin, it's not, it's not designed for the person, right? It's not, it's not, not designed, which probably a lot of people know that it's not designed for you, the user, really. It's designed for the, to make people more money, right? and to manipulate you into doing certain things and that kind of stuff. So anyway, I'm not going to get into that whole that whole documentary, but you should definitely check it out if you haven't watched. It's called The Social Dilemma. We'll put the link to it in the, in the, uh, the description and uh, the show notes. Um, so make sure to check that out. But the, I think that it's not the, the connections online. I actually think that it is what what it does to you, the actual platforms themselves and how they're designed right and here's something interesting facebook admitted in 2017 that passive use of its social network can leave people uh, in negative moods they agree they admitted that they're causing people to be upset or unhappy or be in a negative mood so that in itself is something if you want to take something away facebook literally said that we know we're not doing good stuff but hey we're gonna still put money in <laughs> into doing it and 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 push it so maybe don't don't do that facebook anyway <laughs> uh funny enough we actually just chatted with somebody who used to work at facebook and uh anyway they've moved on now but there's another interesting thing that uh, comes off of this and it's uh addiction obviously there's no denying that many online platforms are are using your time and attention span as a product to market things do as i just said right uh, it's not about 
about the user. It's about marketing. And in order for this to be uh, possible, social media platforms need to pay play into a person's reward system, therefore making it addictive. Newport Academy reports that 92% of teenagers go online every day and 24% are, are online almost constantly. So keep in mind, uh, this is specific to social media. It doesn't include video games and other screen-based activities. You, I guess, ask yourself if you have a phone addiction or a internet or whatever addiction. I would say that a lot of us don't like to say that we do. I would hate to say that I have a phone addiction, but I would be lying if I said I didn't. Um, and I think that's just growing up in a certain uh, time, like I said, and, and and being used to doing it all the time. And that's just, uh, it's part of what we do and we use it. And I, I use the internet to post this kind of stuff, right? And And it's hard to not be addicted to it because it's designed that way. It's hard to not like use the internet and social media in a way that's not addictive. It's really, really challenging because they're so good at making it addictive, right? And actually most people check their phone every 15 minutes or even less, even if they have no alerts or notifications. There's a word for this now. I actually don't recall the word for it, but when you pick up your phone and you can actually, I've, I've actually been there, I will fully admit, and I'm sure other people have that uh, when you use it all the time, sometimes you actually feel it buzz or like hear a notification and there, uh, there isn't one. There is no notification or anything. And you, you feel like there is because your brain, you just, you want, you want there to be. So you check and then there isn't. And I do it a lot of times. I'll pick up my phone to look at something and there's actually, there's nothing there. There's no notification or anything to check, but I picked it up. Why did I pick it up? Because I'm addicted to it. So I'm fully admitting that I'm addicted to my phone also. And, and I'm, I try to work on it, but it's hard. It's a hard thing. So I think the first step is being aware of it like this is what we're talking about today, right? So uh, the most basic step that uh, somebody suggests for weaning yourself off of your phone is uh, literally just setting alarms, specifying how often you can check it. So every start with like 15 minutes, right? Every 15 minutes. And then move to every half hour. And then you can only check your phone every 30 minutes. And then move it to every 45 minutes. Now you can only check your phone every 45 minutes. And then every hour. And when your alarm sounds, spend one minute going through any and all notifications and then reset the timer. That's how you can start to wean yourself off of it. That is something that you can, you have to choose to do, right? It is a conscious thing. And that's hard because, well, like you say, what if there's something really important or whatever? So it becomes a little tricky, but it'd be something to try. I haven't tried this, so I, I might try it and I'll let you know in uh, in future episodes if I, if how it goes. But yeah, setting a timer and then only when the timer goes off, you check your phone for a minute and you put it down. Um, anyway, and to reduce response anxiety and hold yourself accountable, you should probably just tell close friends or family that you may not be responding to their messages as quickly as you used to, which is kind of helps with the thing with you're like you're worried about people not or, or like not getting back to people or whatever. You just tell the people that norm you normally talk to. Um, it's different if it's like work that becomes a little bit of a gray area, but friends and family, if there's somebody you're always talking to and they're always checking in, right? And you're like, hey, mom, just so you know, I'm only going to be checking it every half hour so i might not get back to you right away but i will get back to you it just might not be right away and that's okay people like i uh, usually understand if you can explain that they're going to be okay for an extra 30 minutes if you don't get back to them right anyway something to try right definitely something to try uh and there are actually physiological effects that technology can have on on your yourself and physiological is like your body right so eye strain obviously strain on the eye can be exhausting optometrists recommend the 20 rule uh, when being on a personal device for extended lengths of time. The rule is for every 20 minutes spent on a screen, okay, look away for 20 seconds at something 20 feet away. So one second, let me explain that again. So every, only be looking at your screen for 20 minutes, 
So you're on the computer, you know, you're watching Netflix, you're on your phone, on social media. 20 minutes. If you're setting a timer, maybe do a timer for this to start. You know, 20 minutes. Look up. Look away for 20 seconds. Not at the screen. And for that 20 seconds, look at something 20 feet away. Look at a window, ideally, right? As far as you can. And, and have your eyes. It's just your eyes are then... You're, you're not looking at this thing. Because generally when we're on our phones or computers or whatever, it's close, right? So if you're looking up and away, it's going to help. It makes sense. It makes sense. So uh, in the long term... Some studies have suggested that the blue light from screens can actually damage retinal cells. That's not good. That's not good, right? Um, now, they don't, some of these things, they don't 100% know because the technology is just still relatively new, like these things, right? So we don't really have people that are in their 80s that have had technology their whole life. So unfortunately, you know, people like my age are going to be the generation that see if there's issues here, and I'm sure there will be. And and damage to the retinal cells, which they think may it may happen from blue light, we don't know, so don't, like, quote me on this, but uh, it can lead to problems like age-related uh, macular re- degeneration. So not good things. That's all you need to know. Not good things. So. And digital eye strain is not just caused by exposure to blue light, it's actually caused by a combination of factors. And the first factor is uh, is the length of exposure which is going to be the main issue for most people uh, including myself length of exposure and what you can do i wonder if i have them here yeah what you can do and i've talked about many many times obviously on here but like apart from trying to get you guys to check out these blue light glasses this is just this is a great reason to wear them not just sleep and other health benefits but prevent protecting your eyes from screens and stuff like that i think they're a little dirty i don't know if you can see them they look very dirty i'm not sure if the camera picks it up i'm uh, i'm sorry for showing you the glasses that are dirty but me and the blue light black blue light black oh, woohoo let's try to get blue light blocking glasses <laughs> there it is from natural academy you can head on over there if you want some you know where to find them and uh, i think they actually got the website natural blocks dot com set up so you can get them get them there and only reason i recommend these ones is because they are the best ones you can get in canada so you might as well get the best of the best if you're going to get them right you're protecting your eyes and this is going to help with long term if you are for the exposure we're talking about long-term explode exposure whoa we're having trouble talking today there folks if you're talking we're talking about long-term exposure to blue light you want to have good quality something at least reducing it you know and blocking out that blue light because you don't want to have a bunch of issues down the road or at least try to reduce them or prevent them right so the other thing that comes along with screens and it's not directly you know related to actually using the screen causes this or the the part like the technology but uh generally when we're doing things um like watching tv or something for example uh you have poor posture right it come to comes as a like hand in hand with it and uh, sitting incorrectly at a computer or hunching over to view your phone for extended lengths of time causes severe ergonomic problems, which makes a whole lot of sense, right? Studies suggest that bad posture can actually affect how people view themselves. So this is something interesting if you've never heard this before. So not only if you're, I've noticed, you know, if you're on your phone and you're usually looking down, right, like this, that's, that's a lot of strain on the neck, on the back, and, and that's not good, obviously. But apart from that, it can actually affect how you feel about yourself. And if you haven't heard this before, this is very interesting. So listen up. Um, bad posture can actually affect how people view themselves. And those with upright posture are more easily able to recall positive thoughts and tend to have a stronger self-image. 
not to mention stronger spines, obviously. So better posture usually, no, not always, but it can lead to more self-confidence and, and self-esteem and a stronger self-image, right? And the reason is, and I'm not an expert on this, but I believe the reason is when you're up, you know, in this kind of form, if you're not watching the video, you know, just like upright with your kind of your chest out a little bit, you're more confident, right? Like it makes a whole lot of sense. You're more aware like this, this, when you're down, you're, you're timid. You can see even, even in animals, like in dogs, you know, when they're, when they, they'll, they'll crouch away if they're scared or something like that, you know, they'll hunch down. Um, we make ourselves small to when we're, when we're, you know, not super confident or are happy with things or, or we're scared. If you're doing that all the time, you know, you're you're going to basically subconsciously tell your body that, you know, you're feeling that way, even if you're not feeling that way. So just something to, to think about. And the screen stuff can also lead to sleep problems. I don't need to get into that a lot. Well, we get into a little bit of this. We've talked about the, the many things, but it's the blue light, which again, get the glasses, not only to protect your eyes, but to help with your sleep. Because the blue light exposure at nighttime is, uh, is going to cause a lot of problems with your sleep. Because your body, there, there's blue light in the, in the, I don't want to get the wrong idea of blue light. There is blue, forms of blue light in the, like, daylight, right? But there's more blue light in the, at the, in the beginning of the day coming from the sun. Then at nighttime, it's more orangey red tones and that kind of light. So your body basically starts to wake up and it knows, hey, okay, well, there's blue light in the morning from the sun. I should stay awake. So at night, and then at nighttime, when there's more red and orange tones and it's getting darker, then your body goes, oh, it's time to get ready for bed. But if, if there's two things, so if the, if the blue light is extended, your body's going to go, well, it's still, still time to be awake, but it's also going to increase your stress because your body thinks that there's an issue because it, it's keeping cortisol up for a longer period of time than normal. And it just leads to extra stress and stuff like that. So you want to not use the blue light at nighttime because... It's going to mess up your circadian rhythm, um, which is that, you know, cycle that w where it's more blue light naturally in daylight in the morning and then less at nighttime. So your body knows when to go to sleep, but also it's going to screw up your sleep because it'll it'll suppress melatonin reduction at nighttime. So at nighttime, when you're trying to go to sleep, your body's trying to stay awake longer. It's not producing melatonin, which is going to help you get into sleep a little better um, and relax it's suppressing that. So it's just all kinds of issues, right? You don't want to do that. So don't use the blue light from the screens at nighttime, okay? And it's also going to reduce, moving on, uh, the screens and stuff can tend to reduce physical activity because obviously when you're addicted to your personal device or computer or whatever it is, it's going to cause all sorts of attention span problems, which that's a whole nother topic probably for another day. The attention span thing, I believe... And I don't have this looked up, but I believe our attention span is actually shorter than a goldfish at the moment. When you, people used to say, you know, goldfish have the shortest. One. Now, I think we are shorter than that, which is very sad. And a lot of that has to do with social media and things being so instant nowadays. And anyway, the attention span problems and stuff um, can resort in somebody who's addicted to your phone or device or whatever, not getting physical activity, right? And this can also obviously lead to cardiovascular diseases and, and obesity and all these all these different things which we you know right so exercise is a good thing uh, especially for sleep and feeling better and reducing stress and all that kind of stuff so being on your phone not only the blue light is going to affect it but the fact that you're just addicted to it you're probably less likely 
you know, and I've been guilty of it too. You're like, oh, I could watch a Netflix show if I wanted to right now or a YouTube video instead of working out. Maybe I'll do that instead because it's easier. Well, if we didn't have the phones, that would be less of an issue, right? Um, and with all of this, you got to remember that that this is, affects different people differently and, and you get to decide, you know, just because this is what the stats say doesn't mean that's what you have to be doing. You can make the decision to say, yes, I'm maybe feeling addicted to my phone, but I'm going to put my foot down and I'm going to exercise anyway. Right. Anyway, and this is may not apply to everybody, but I think it's really interesting that in children, the effects of excessive screen time can be even more catastrophic, which, again, makes sense. You know, you're developing as, as a, a young human. And a study by the researchers at uh, University of Alberta found that five year old kids who spent two or more hours a day on a screen were five times more likely to be reported by their parents as exhibiting symptoms of ADHD when compared to their peers who were on screens 30 minutes or less. So this is based on symptoms, not diagnosis. But the more screen that the kids were on, more screen time that the kids had, they uh, seemed to be a little more, you know, exhibiting symptoms of ADHD, right? Which makes sense, right? Now we're talking about short attention span, that kind of thing. That's what it's all about, attention deficit, right? And researchers at the CHEO Research Institute in Ottawa found kids who use screens more than recommended, and they also do not sleep enough, uh, were more likely to act impulsively and make poorer decisions. So it's just a cycle, right? The more you use screens, the worse sleep you're having, and the uh, probably more stressed you are because of that, and also because of the things you're seeing on the screens and all this, and then you're going to act impulsively and react in bad ways and make poor decisions. It all just spirals out of control, so... I'm not trying to talk about all this to say that we need to absolutely stop using phones and, and, and technology and stuff. I think they are awesome. I think they're super handy. It allows me to have this platform to share this information with you um, and to record things and whatever and for you to view it. But just be aware of the effects it can have and don't let it rule your life. It can It's designed that way and don't let it. That's basically what it is. So it can affect your health in many ways, mental, physical I guess you could say spiritual, you know, but it's affecting your health, whether you know it or not. So just being aware of it is the first step, right? And you can take some action to try to reverse it. So I hope you enjoyed some of that. It was a little more just facts, things to be aware of. Like I said, just be aware of it, right? So um, personal technology, i.e. phones and, and, and computers and stuff like that are definitely, they're going to, they're, they're causing issues and it's, exciting to see what the things are that are going to come like like uh, apple i think has talked of having like um the apple like glasses or whatever which there was the google glass didn't do very well i guess <laughs> but the apple one where it's like you can see you're walking down the street and you can see like the map stuff in augmented reality on the road it's not actually there but you can see it like those kind of things super handy you can see the street names and they're not even there but also it becomes like too much right because we get so disconnected from other people so just remember your takeaways from today if you are feeling addicted to your phone i wouldn't necessarily say that's okay but i think a lot of people are so you're not alone um but just be aware of it you know and try to think about it maybe take a little bit of a a fast from your phone um you can fast from things fast just means to go without right so fast from social media or or maybe netflix is your thing or whatever it is video games i don't know you can just do that it's your action things and also just to Make sure make you make time for deep, meaningful conversations like we're having here on this show, but also with other people and, and connection because connection is one of the actually best things for health, 
um, which we will talk about again one day. And and having good relationships and friendships can help people live longer and be happier and, and feel better and get not get sick and prevent disease and that kind of stuff. So uh, if you're going to be connecting with people, you can do it online, obviously. And well, you can do whatever you want. I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but <laughs> you, could, you should also make time to do it in person because there's nothing like personal connection, which we've realized over the last year. You know, nothing can replace the in-person connection. Zoom's great, but uh, actual coffee meetup in person is even better. So as things start to open up, make sure you um, get out there and meet some people safely and, and actually have some connection with people in real life. Yeah, so I hope you have a great rest of the day. And uh, we will see you soon. We got a great episode coming up next. Oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. And I'm excited for you to hear. So it's a little bit of a longer mini-sode. It's more of a medium side episode medius medium sode i don't know what you want to call it um but i hope you enjoyed the information and uh keep loving life folks and we'll chat with you next time for more information about this episode or the show itself head on over to harrisonkingofficial.com there you'll be able to find the show notes transcriptions and videos for every episode be sure to follow us on instagram at let's talk about life pod Now get out there and have a deep, meaningful conversation in your own life. We'll chat with you next time.